The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today, ready as well as John Cadell's having a night off, so delighted that Ed Smith's able to fill in for him. We're going to start with a bit of music. This, I'm asking you a question. It's not a competition question. There is no prize. But I wonder, can you identify the album that this song is from? The answer from one listener, hello, I must be going, which is probably it is technically correct. the correct answer. Yeah. It's not the one we're looking for because it was a trick question. Phil Collins, You Can't Hurry Love, from which album? Now that's what I call music. Number one. first album. The very first one, 1983. Yeah. That song actually provided with me my very first musical embarrassment because oh. I felt for, and I thought, and I was convinced for many years that Phil Collins was one of triplets, that there was three of them. Because of the video for that song. Oh, bless oh. your little heart. Yeah, I thought those were the Collins triplets. Oh. Yeah, up until I was about 10. Now, let's move on. No, let's, let's. <laughs> yeah, and very immediately. <laughs> and how many of these, uh, now that's what the I stats. call music albums, do each of you have? Yeah. Oh, I had loads in my teens, which would have been, you know, I, 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 I very firmly remember having 36, 37, 38 uh, that so at a rate of three a year, isn't it? If we're looking yeah, at so it would have been late 90s, total. I think. Yes, yes. But like I loved, I was, I loved watching the charts as a teenager. So it was a, and it was a great way to find new music that you hadn't come across because you, you would fall in love with a track by an artist on a now call, I, that's what I call music compilation. And then I, well, I certainly would, you would go off and you would... So it's a bit like out. an original Spotify was list. Spotify and a little cassette. In some yeah. sense, yeah. And there's certain songs, like, if I hear them now, you're kind of, some, some somewhere deep in your subconscious, you're expecting a completely different track mm. to, to, to follow it because you listened to that CD or that cassette. But Ed, amongst all the hits, you'd always have quite a few duff tracks, which presumably they were able to get I think the they always, to fill out. They started strong on each side, didn't they? Mm. So yeah. they, they top-loaded it with the biggest hits of the year. And it would normally thin out tracks, you know, 12 to 20, and then the last one would be a banger. And side two would start strong, and then they kind of be, as you say, I a bit of filler. I like that about them, though, that you would like, course, yeah. you would get to hear different stuff. Like, there's a great episode of that podcast. Um, um, oh gosh, sorry, hold on. It is recorded history. Is no, it? No. Well, well, that I mean, that is a super podcast. No, it's switched on, switched on pop, and they looked at the history of Baz Luhrmann's sunscreen song which became a huge, huge hit in the US. And the only reason it ever broke the US 
was because it was included on compilation number two of Now That's What I Call Music, which started much, much later in the States. And they actually go into a bit of detail of the history of the compilations, how they started, you know, with Virgin Records. They actually got EMI to agree to do them with them. Um, In 1987, they actually had to change the rules around the album charts because there were so many Now now That's What I Call Music's charting that they said that you could only going forward you could only have an album by a single artist as opposed to a compilation yeah. song so that's when the UK compilation charts were oh, they're absolutely iconic you know and if you think about how many artists 2,400 artists featured over wow. the 160 issues I love this stuff Robbie Williams how, how many, many times how many appearances 40 38 yeah not far off 32 as a solo artist and 6 would take that Calvin Harris and David Guetta have both featured 36 on numbered volumes and who do you think is the most featured group across the entire series of Now albums? The Wolf Tones. No. (laughs) Uh, Little Mix are there with 28 appearances ahead of Coldplay, U2 and Girls Aloud. There you go. And who's featured across five different decades? Uh, The Queen herself. Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I wonder, could Stevie just play for us the opening bars again? Because a listener says from the opening of the Phil Collins song, I thought it was train spotting. Let's just hear the oh. part again. Here comes Johnny. Cheese <laughs> line. All right. Cheese. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I call music. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, tell us about the Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap sequel. Is this a joke? So, another thing, another a musical icon that is celebrating its 40th birthday is, will be next year, is Spinal Tap up there, top three comedy films of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely the greatest music mm. film, uh, comedy of all time. Well, Rob Reiner was uh, partaking in an interview as part of a podcast, Richard Herring's podcast, and has revealed that there's going to be a sequel to the original 84 mockumentary. Uh, it's going to be coming out next year. We're going to be, and more importantly, and very surprisingly, in it, you will find Mr. Paul McCartney, or Sir Paul, Elton John, and Garth Brooks is going to feature in the sequel. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm so excited I'm sold this. already. Like, because I was thinking about this a lot today, right? There's so many things that when you hear they're coming back, af- you know, to do a sequel after such a long time to kind of bring the whole, literally get the band back together. And you kind of go, oh God, that's going to be desperate. And it's just going to be cringe. But it's not this a Spinal Tap if it's not desperate and cringe. Mm. And like, you know, I mean, Nigel Tufnell, he's almost certainly had a reality TV show at some stage. You know, like the, the like how the characters, were, they were so fully formed to begin with, but you can so well see yeah, it's like how they would still, you just want to see they where would still be their knocking life. around trying to be relevant <laughs> in 2023. So there, it, it actually has the capacity to be really, really good as well as a brilliant walk down memory lane. We've a listener saying that they still have no. That's what I call music number one wow. on vinyl. On vinyl, I, that I, must I, be worth I, a I, fortune. I'd add that to your house insurance, yeah, my friend. Go on discogs with that one. That yeah, could be, uh, if it's yeah. in mint condition, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have one listener recommending that we tune it up to eleven. Yes, yes, yes yep, yep. Okay, let's hear a little bit of Hollow Notes.
whatever could he have meant. But tell us, <laughs> that's been played a bit in the last week since we've discovered a bust up between Hall and Oates. Yeah, it was quite sad to see this. Mm. I always thought Daryl Hall and John Oates were just good pals. And they were pals. performing together as recently as last yeah, year. And, and they released an album in 2006. Yeah, so I was, I came, first came across some tensions. There was an interview with Bill Maher on his podcast with Daryl Hall recently and Bill rather innocently stepped right in it going, you and John, you've been partners for, you know, what, 40 years? And he goes, we're not partners. Oh. And Bill goes, oh, what? Well, we're not, we're not creative partners. Like I, basically Daryl, Daryl's going, (laughs) (laughs) and he was saying like, I do the majority of the music. You know, John's there, but you know, and Bill goes, tries to backpedal going, I'm sorry. I, you know, but, that's where the tensions first came across mine. So I wasn't entirely surprised, but I'm sad to see it. So there was a restraining order issued from Daryl Hall to John Oates. He said he it's, can't go for that. We're, I'm sorry, more, I, I will to. walk out of the studio. Any more <laughs> Hall and Oates puns? You do not make my dream come true, do you? I have yes. to say. Oh. Uh, you're out of touch, yeah. So Daryl Hall is suing John Oates because John Oates, like so many uh, established iconic artists from years gone by, are selling, selling his catalogue. And which... Daryl Hall is not best pleased of. He's selling his half of their incredible, like six number ones, Mm. countless hits, six times platinum, one of the great blue-eyed soul bands, the probably iconic blue-eyed soul band of all time. So Hall uh, is saying, you can't, you can't do that. So it's gone. The judge has put a hold on it. He's put, that is not a pun. Everything I feel like I'm saying (laughs) is a Hall and Oates pun. I, you know, this is just for private eyes. But what I'm saying is, yeah, come on, come on. There's a kiss on my list, man. If oh, you, man. I just read that. Stop, <laughs> stop, enough, enough. Did you write some out, though? Hey. <laughs> but anyway, look, it is quite sad. It's going to get very nasty, very unpleasant, unless they come to some agreement. I can't see any, any kind of, I suppose, mediation going on here. But yes. Well, in saying that, though, it it could be that it is the the business side of things. You know, it's a temporary restraining order, order to to kind of, invite mediation before the sale can right, go through. So. There's, a, there's a listener here who says that neither horror or wrote some of their biggest hits. It was, I think, the Allen sisters who did. Very possible, yeah. Okay. But I think he would consider himself the greater musician and probably the greater contributing creative force. Right. That's according to him. Let's get your picks of the week. Dee, what are you going for? My pick of the week this week, Matt, is one that caught my interest when I, I read in The Guardian that they said it sounded like uh, not a million miles from Tame Impala meeting Thundercats. So I thought, oh, that oh sounds God. good. What? Yes, so it is Ray's Regal and White Demon Inc. And the track that I've chosen from the album is Dislocation. I 
I like that. Yeah, I thought you would. The Definitely mood, check out the, the full album. The mood Daryl Hall's in at the moment, he could sue them. <laughs> so for true. absolutely ripping off Hall and Oates. I'd be very careful. What's your choice? Look, two of the great, uh, most beautiful voices this country has produced in their generation, as far as I'm concerned. Lisa Hannigan and the great Conor O'Brien from Villagers have finally, I think for the first time, joined uh, their collective greatness to record a Christmas song, a version of The Little Drummer Boy, which is out now. A song originally written back in the 40s and made a massive hit in the 50s. But then, of course, one of the most iconic versions of this is when... Bing Crosby and David uh, Bowie got together. Yeah. Mm. Peace on Earth and then Little Drummer Boy. Uh, it's something that shouldn't work, but to this day, it's my favourite Christmas song of all time. They've taken it on and they have done an absolutely, as you would expect. Well, you, as you'd expect. It is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Fucking Christmas music in November, Ed Smith. Resistance but is futile. You. Yeah. I forgive ah. you. When it's that, that beautiful, one. when it's that beautiful, it is lovely. You have to really. That is so so stunning. And if for anyone out there who's not seen Villagers live, Conor O'Brien playing in Trinity, 29th of June next year. If you're looking for a Christmas present for somebody in your life, you could do a lot worse than buying That'd tickets for Villagers. One. Tickets on sale from Ticketmaster right now. Okay, very very briefly. Does anyone bother with the Spotify Wrapped? Not so much anymore, I have to say. It's I, I haven't listened to music via Spotify enough in the last, say, year, two or two or three years, actually, that it hasn't been completely skewed. Mm. Um, I used to rely on it a lot more for finding new stuff, but uh, not so much anymore. Um, so, but I, I have a lot of friends who it's made up of like Peppa Pig or, or things their yep. kids have been listening to as well. That, yeah. So I don't think it has the same impact nowadays. Okay. Look, I'm going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. Thank you to both of you, uh, D. Reddy and Ed Smith, for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.